Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Zero's Journey, a serious attempt to create a canon-worthy work of original fiction from scratch. I'm James Quesada. And I am still Mike Magier. Yes, you are. And so this is our third episode mm-hmm. of the podcast. Um, it's our second episode where I am at the helm of telling Mike about the fictional history of the world of a song of ice and fire slash Game of Thrones books by George R. R. Martin. That is true. And I am hoping that uh, this this will be uh, educational and exciting and not a ripoff of uh, maps of Europe. Great, Mike. Um, we know where you stand and uh, we're going to just jump right into it here. So let me do a little recap here. In okay. our first episode, we got a lay of the land featuring three continents with unique histories, a war that lasted 2,000 years, a darkness that mm-hmm. lasted a generation, the introduction of giants, dragons, ancient ruins, legendary heroes, and the magical weaponized creatures gone awry known as the White Walkers. Correct. And then you also talked about greasy stones. True, yes. Um, and really, truly an epic beginning to, uh, to our histories here, and yet only the beginning. And if you remember, in Mike's first episode, we got as far as three beings in existence, one of which just wanted to be left alone in her room to listen to music, uh-huh. Okay, like a teenager, yeah. and the other two who are on a scavenger hunt to find themselves. Does okay, that well, about sum it up? It's a little reductive, but okay. I thought my yeah, you're right. I thought I thought mine was a little productive of George R. R. Martin's <laughs> to say that we only found out about three continents and all these uh, magical beings and uh, wars that lasted till two thousand years. I thought yours was pretty spot on the way that I summed it up. Um, I feel like describing an epic journey as a scavenger hunt uh, is is kind of a slap in the face. All right, so now we're into the second installation of these histories. Uh, of A Song of Ice and Fire and A Game of Thrones. Let's go. Let's get in. So over in Westeros, as the regions of Westeros develop into kingdoms, just across the narrow sea in Essos, there has been a new religion a Bruin. Mm. In the hills of Andalos, the people known as the Andals, are inspired by the appearance of the, the God of Seven. And this God of Seven shows up in front of the Andals and orders them to set course for Westeros to take over. And they obey Mike. Wow. So he just, just shows up. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to get into the actual appearance okay. of this God of oh, Seven so he's in the, a little he's, bit. Okay. He's, but he's described. He has like a physical description. Yeah, the idea is that uh, this this god that will last for uh, thousands of years in the religions of Westeros did, in fact, appear in physical form in, in front of these people. Um, and again, I'll detail that in just a little bit, but the gist of it for right now is that uh, it's, it's the initiating um, occurrence that, that leads these, these people, the Andals, to move over from Essos into Westeros. Okay, and just a just a time check here. We're at six thousand BC, before children conquest. Got it. Before conquest. Um, okay, so the Andals show up in Westeros, 
Some of them with seven pointed stars carved into their foreheads. Jesus. Yeah. So they're not just religious, they're violent fanatics, okay? Uh huh. They hit the shores of Westeros and they start cracking skulls. They dominate all the first men in the southern half of Westeros and slaughter the children of the forest whose magic freaks them out. Oh, the Andal's magic. No, the Andals are freaked out by the children of the forest. Oh, okay. Because the Andals, you can basically, uh, you know, even, even though there's some supernatural stuff going on with the appearance of gods for the Andals, yeah. um, you can kind of picture them as like conservatives. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so they see, they see, oh, you they mean, see so they're like fueled the, by rage and nothing else. <laughs> that's how you, <laughs> that's how you think of conservatives. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're I guess, just angry at everyone. Yeah. I guess if you, if your definition of conservatives is like super angry people, um, sure. What I mean is, is like, uh, conservative Christian culture tends to be, uh, Oh, so, even uh, even though the ideas of the of that of that religion yeah. tends to have a lot of supernatural stuff or uh, crazy stuff in it, any, anything else crazy outside of that is is not as tolerable as the crazy stuff inside of it. That's so they're basically I mean. just like the seven. Is it seven gods or one? I'm, I'm, you know what? Okay. I'm going to get to it. The, right. the so most important event here is that the Andals invade, and Got we don't it. really know if you're in Westeros at this point, and these Andals show up. Mm-hmm. They, they don't start with a pitch. Okay, they start with a conquest. <laughs> they start the invasion is violent, but they do have branding. They do have branding. They have they have logos. Uh-huh. They have the seven pointed star. We just don't know what's behind the brand at this point. Okay, a forehead. Yeah. Okay, so so uh, <laughs> as I say, they dominate the southern half of Westeros, and and they start uh, slaughtering the children of the forest. Um, they burn the wear trees. Uh, they're just not into the children of the forest, okay? They can, but they convert the first men to the faith of the seven while the remaining children of the forest flee north, uh, north of the wall, I believe. Okay. All of South Westeros is taken over by the Andals while the north manages to hold on to its honor, keeping the Andal influence at bay. Okay. All right. This is just a paragraph in to this yeah. episode. We found out a lot, right? Lots of ev- events, nuance. This is a big deal. Yeah. Well, no, I, oh, man, it just seems like it's the same. It just, it's the same thing that happened, right? Like the, the children That's of the correct. forest at this point in time are just getting the crap kicked out of them by everyone. Again, yeah. yeah. So, and know. honestly, I was surprised when you said they were burning the wear trees because I thought that the wear trees were already destroyed the first time around. They, they took some pretty heavy hits from the first men who came over. And you're right. This is a lot like the first men 6,000 years ago in 12,000 BC when mm-hmm. the first men came over and started hassling the children of the forest. Yeah, similar stuff happened. But you know, but you know what? George R.R. R. Martin is smart enough as an author to know that history does repeat itself. So it would actually be kind of weird if there weren't recurring events such as invasions. Huh. Do you know what I mean? No. I mean, yeah. History but, repeats itself. We see the same stuff happen in, in the real world, too. And, and he's just kind of taking that from reality and putting it into, into his uh, fiction in order to make it more real. Okay. All right. In most regions, <laughs> the invasion lasted several centuries. But once everyone in the South was subdued by the Andals, the kingdom pretty much returned to the petty wars that they were having with each other before the Andals showed up. So there's not uh, a huge difference in the the bird's eye view of things mm-hmm. 
um, and so help. like these crazy people come in with their forehead uh, brands, they like mess everything up, uh, and then after that, the first men were like, "Well, let's get back to hating each other like we did before." Exactly, it was just like, like a detour. Ex- yeah, it's it's a it's a who's in charge, mm-hmm. just change of titles. I guess the Andals are in charge now. Can we get back to what we were doing before they got here? And the answer is yes. Keep fighting. Just know that we're in charge. Doesn't make a difference. Okay. The the one big difference that it does make, the major change in Westeros, is that there is now a new dominant religion, which is the faith of the seven, known as the new gods. Hmm. Um, and there's still there's also people who still pray to the old gods, mostly the northerners who remain the direct lineage of the first men. Um, so this draws a deeper distinction in the already divided cultures of North and South Westeros. Okay. Okay, so now it's time to take a closer look at this re- this religion, this new, the faith of the seven um, that George R.R. R. Martin is presenting into, into the world. And, and he does a really nice job of giving us a plausible belief system that will shape a culture for thousands of years okay he does a good job of that we'll see the god of seven it's not seven gods but one god of seven faces or seven sides oh okay so the holy trinity but seven times instead of three yeah it is it is twice plus one third as good as the holy trinity Oh, so you're you're operating. You're saying that more is better. Yes, especially in this case. The more sides something has, the better. I don't want you to think about it too much as sides because it's not really a three dimensional thing. Do you remember how um, in your <laughs> world, yeah, you had the idea of an infinite plane that had boundaries, and how absurd of a contradiction that was. Um, I I I remember uh, that aspect of it. I don't remember being an absurd contradiction. Okay. Well, just think of this as, as not really sides, but it's all it's all one, right? It's it's like trying to think of a, a four-dimensional object, but seven dimensions. Okay. All right. I, so and here and here they are, Mike. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a minute to picture I'm, that. I'm gonna break it down for you. Okay. And we'll come back to it and, and I'll clear everything up for you when when we're done. Mm-hmm. So these seven faces or or aspects Break down like this. Sides. Yeah. You got the father, who represents justice. The mother, who represents mercy, love, and life. The warrior of courage and strength. The smith, mender of broken things, also represents resilience. The maiden of innocence and forgiveness. The crone, wisdom and guidance. And the stranger, the face of death. The stranger's the face of death. Mm-hmm. Mysterious and... Stranger danger. Yeah, a little scary. So he remembered something that was told to him during an assembly in elementary school, and he made it one of the sides of the god? You think that's what you're saying George R. R. Martin is like, stranger danger equals death? Yes. That's pretty much what it is, and I think that's an important cornerstone in our culture to avoid strangers and yeah i think that he's capitalizing on everyone's um early fear of the unknown, fear of the unknown. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. rational grounded fear of everyone that you've never met before yes okay 
I, I mean, I, but, but in this case, the stranger is, is uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily even a negative thing, but it is the face of death. Okay. And it's the well, unknown. It's, I mean, it's a little hacky, but it's okay. Okay. I, that, d- oh, my God. I'm just saying, man, the, 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 the roles are very uh, uh, related to, like, the patriarchy. I think you're reaching. I think I'm seeing things clearly for the first time in my life. Uh, I think you got so high and mighty about naming your first highest being a, a woman. Yeah. And now you're down with the patriarchy. <laughs> I mean, there's there's the mother, there's the maiden, there's the crone, and then there's none. You know, there's the, who knows what the stranger is? It could be any gender. Well, it's a stranger. It's probably it's probably a man in a raincoat. Okay, so put yourself in the shoes of a mortal, Mike. Think of yourself as Hugor for a moment. As who? Hugor. Who's that? It's you now for a moment. It just do me a favor. Close what was my point close, of view. Close your eyes. Okay. You are Hugor. Okay. You are in the western areas of Essos, just across the narrow sea from Westeros, and you live in a place called uh, the hills of Andalos. Mm-hmm. And you open your eyes one morning, and there before you stands the god of seven. Okay. A, a true god yeah. in physical form. Uh-huh. And again, it's not, it's not just one person this, or one being is this god gonna tell me i'm pregnant no. immaculately it, what what no you're hugor in in the hills of endalos <laughs> okay got it no you're you have, you're not pregnant it's this isn't a junior situation do you know junior i do know junior okay. <laughs> i was literally uh thinking of of the bible <laughs> I, oh, I get it. I get what you were saying, but, but are you sure? Because because you 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 in the Bible there wasn't there wasn't a pregnant man in in Arnold Schwarzenegger's Junior. There was a pregnant man. Yeah, I. You're a man. You're gender- part of the patriarchy. Your name is Hugor. <laughs> okay. Close your eyes again. All right. <laughs> the God of Seven has appeared in front of you. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I can't see him because my eyes are closed. Okay, you in this world are Mike Magiar, who is closing your eyes to imagine yourself in Hugor's. Okay. World. Right. I mean, Hugor mm-hmm. has been asleep and opened his eyes mm-hmm. to see the God of Seven. So, as Hugor, your eyes are open. Mm-hmm. So, this seven aspect sided faced God starts off with the Father who pulls down seven stars from the heavens to make you a crown. You're Hugor. Okay. And your crown has seven legit stars from outer space on it. <laughs> okay. Okay, and seems then seems implausible, but the, okay. And then the maiden starts interacting with you and presents you with a young, beautiful wife. Okay. And the mother turns to you and and makes you and your wife super fertile. Okay. Enough to have forty four sons. Jesus, is the wife on board with this? Or you're, is she just kind of yeah, being you're, Yeah, you're in love. Oh, okay, cool. Um and the warrior mm-hmm. then gives each of these 44 sons the strength of arms while the smith... But they were armless before this? Arms like weapons, Mike. Oh, wow. Okay. Don't Have you been reading epic 
like, you know, Middle Earth fiction, <laughs> thinking that anytime people take up arms, they got <laughs> limbs. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was like severed limbs that were on the ground that they decided to pick up. Don't distract from the story for cheap okay, jokes, fine. Mike. <laughs> okay, do you do you you don't even remember what you've been given so far? No, I do a crown, remember a crown of stars, a crown of stars, seven stars a, from from the heavens. Yes, yeah, seven stars from the heavens. A uh, a fertile wife that was just like shooting out forty four babies, mm-hmm. uh, and then I was given uh, uh, arms. You're. No, your sons were given arms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You have forty-four yeah. They, sons now. They're armed, and they all have. They're armed with, with weapons from the warrior, mm-hmm. and the smith then gives them suits of iron. Okay. To protect them, and the crone, the wise female sage, yeah, sage, mm-hmm. predicted the birth of these 44 sons. Okay, so we we know that her powers are legit in the mix too. But why why did I don't know. They're already there. She predicted it beforehand. This is an afterthought. <laughs> she was like, "Just so you know, here's what's about to happen. So none of this takes you." I off mean, guard. I could, I could have, I could have reordered it to. I mean, I could have put it first. I could have been like, "Okay, God of Seven appears." The first thing that happens is that the crone predicts that you're about to have 44 sons. Okay, and I, I like this version better because it doesn't lead with the with the father. It leads with with the the grandma. Fine. The first thing that happens is, is that uh, the God of Seven says you're about to have 44 sons. Okay. Then proves it. The father pulls down your star crown. Maiden gives you your wife. Mm-hmm. Mother makes you fertile and have 44 sons. And mm-hmm. then on the side, Crone is like, boom, told you. Got it. Warrior gives arms. Smith gives suits of armor. Yep. And and then, because we still have to get death in the mix, the stranger. Yeah. This is the only way that... They all die. <laughs> and then everyone they is killed. They suit them all up, and then they just smite them all down. No, the crone peers through death's door, just out of curiosity. But that's its own door. Uh, well, not really, because, I mean, they're, they each have their own belongings, you know. They, eat, they each have their yeah, own death, door. Death has a door. Okay. And the crone peers through it and lets the first raven into the world. Okay. Like the bird. Yeah, this isn't the first raven. Like a metaphor. Bird. No. Uh, correct. This is this is real. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is real, factual, literal things that happened. Okay. Uh, yeah. The crone opens the death door and a raven flies into the world, and then she's like, "Oh, damn. Maybe I shouldn't let any more of those in because they seemed. It seems like one one is enough." <laughs> okay. So this is the main point I want I want to make here. Th- th- this is a religion that I would consider converting to, Mike. It, it mainly because it gives me a lot to believe in. There, there's a lot of really, really rich detail and and already, you know, a, a great combination of values and, and symbolism. No, there there is no there's no values. There's one value, and that's here. I gave you an army. Go fuck some shit up. Yeah, but the story is, you can open your eyes. Okay. <laughs> the <laughs> the story is. That the this god of, of seven faces appears in the flesh in front of a mortal. And that to me is like, holy shit, what a good story. And 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 this first mortal is given so many gifts by uh, these gods that of course that there's so much reason to believe in the power 
of these divine beings. That's what I'm saying. And right. it seems like like this God has the whole package, right? I mean, you got you got justice, mercy, love, strength, forgiveness, guidance, death. It's, it's all represented. Even ravens. Yeah. Even, I, there's even a, a, a an explanation for the existence of ravens. I don't have that. But in, in none my, of the other birds. Just the raven, correct. and that's it. Yes. Okay. And I, I just don't know if I would be sold on your whole the universe is a spinning record with an A-side and a B-side thing. Yeah, you know? well, at least I didn't just open up a book on Greek mythology and said, hey, what is this thing that keeps happening? Oh, a bunch of gods meet up with a bunch of people, so like, I'll just throw that in my story. Right. Based on your pitch so far, I would say that you did not open up a book. I did not open up a book. At all. No, because the, that idea has been had. It's been written. For learning or inspiration. All right. Okay. Whatever. So... There are still other religions that prevail in Westeros on top of the uh, faith of the, of the seven. There's the Iron Islanders who dug their heels in uh, on their culture, and they're kind of the rogue region of the Westeros. Okay, the Iron Islands, it's a pretty small area. It's mm -hmm. just off the west coast of Westeros, um, but they're rebels. They pray to the drowned God, and their religion and general vibe is stubborn and cool enough that some of the Andals drop their faith in the Seven and join in on the culture of the Iron Islands. Did you just say cool enough? Yeah. Sometimes religion is cool. When it's the drowned god, it's like, wow. So like a bunch of people walked over to the Iron Islands and were like, hey, these guys are cool, way better than our lame dude with the raven. Yeah. And they were like, oh, hey, I want to be part of this cooler religion. Yeah. So he, George R. R. Martin, came up with something that you said was cool, that he made a point in saying that other people left for something cooler. I mean, that, those are my words, not his. Oh, I'm just yeah. saying that the Iron Islands are kind of punk rock, right? They're rebels without a cause, and uh, that sways the Andals over to their camp. And yeah, you got, I mean, the, the, the drowned god has... You, we just wanted the detail on this God of the Seven, and there, there. That's that's just one. That's just the dominant Westeros religion that takes over in six thousand BC. George R. R. Martin presents us with lots of options, a whole palette uh, of a serving tray. <laughs> yeah, to me, it just feels like the serving tray uh, only has cheese on it, but like, like not even that different of cheese. It's like white cheddar and regular cheddar and that's the entire thing okay your opinion is your own well okay the ironborn believe that they come from the halls beneath the waves and the drowned god made them in his likeness toward the purpose of being violent rebellious pirates who rule over the waters do you want yeah. in Kind of. Yes or I mean, no? It does yes sound, or no? Yeah, do you I'm want in. it? I'm okay, in. Yeah, in. I, I want to be a pirate. You were talking a lot of shit, and no. I was like, I was going to ask if you wanted to be indoctrinated into the drowned god religion. Yeah, I, I, being a pirate sounds great. Yeah. All I was saying is being a pirate is so much cooler than the thing that you said was the coolest. Correct. Wait, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> you were telling me about how the seven, the seven faces uh, of uh, the the God with seven faces was really cool, right? You were like, oh, yeah, he, he thought of everything. He gave us birds and an old lady with a cloak and, like, arms and whatever. And then you said something else that was arguably cooler. 
So the yes, thing that I would you, say arguably cooler. Yeah. So you thought. So the thing that you said was the coolest was in fact not the coolest. I don't remember saying. Uh, we'll, we'll listen back to the tape on this. We'll I, the, I really don't remember saying back. that. Just by the way, the Faith of the Seven is the coolest. I said that I could subscribe to this religion. If 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 it were presented to me in an airport by uh, somebody handing out the religious text of the Faith of the Seven, I could be swayed. That's what I'm saying. That's how. That's how. That's how. Uh, viable of a religion, even though fictional, George R. R. Martin is presenting. We're right. moving on here, okay. Mike. Right. The Andals don't finish their conquest of Westeros until 4000 BC. And the last place they conquer is the Iron Islands. They, they, they eventually kind of muscle their, their way over things, even though there's plenty of pushback from uh, the religion of the drowned gods. They never really pinned things down in Dorne, that southern region of desert, mountainous, uh, unbearable, livable places. Um, and they pretty much leave the north alone. Dorne is where the Viper is from, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So that's Westeros okay. in 6000 BC. Okay. Around the same time, over in Essos. Mm-hmm. We have the Valyrians mm-hmm. who find dragons. This happens somewhere around 6,000 okay. to 5,000 BC. So finding dragons is the coolest. Is way cooler than getting a raven from a ghost. Uh, agreed. I'm saying there's lots of options. What are we doing here, James? We, I'm, I, look, man, we have now, this isn't even a religion. This is, this is a people who actually find dragons. Yeah. It's not a faith. Right. Because you could see it. Because right. it's a dragon in front of you. Do you have dragons? I don't have dragons. Then you have your options are religion. Well, it's not a it's not an either or scenario. <laughs> yes, it is. You either have dragons, and if you have dragons, you are uh, th- then you don't need religion because you have dragons. Or if you don't, then you don't you don't get to choose to be part of it. You don't have them. You're over in Westeros. You're Hugor. I'm not Hugor. Stop <laughs> calling me Hugor. You can either be an Iron Islander or uh, a, somebody in the faith militant. Or find dragons by chance. Fuck it, dude. I'm going to look for dragons. In the Valyrian Peninsula, mm. which is kind of like a double wide Florida, if you can picture that. Okay, you even describing it like that seems <laughs> hacky. No, double wide Florida. Double wide Florida. Yeah, twice the trash. That's kind of what it is. It's pointing in. Uh, it's slanting in the other direction, though. It's more. It's more slanting toward the west. Okay, so it's Florida encroaching on the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, with a mirror in between that makes it twice as wide. A mirror? I'm just saying it's double wide Florida. Okay. Just do you actually? You don't actually believe that mirrors make things bigger, right? I'm saying that if you took a mirror, yeah. a giant mirror, yeah. and you put it uh, down on the west coast of Florida, and then you looked at the mirror and it looked like Florida was twice as big, and then you drew a peninsula, okay, it would look like the the Valyrian Peninsula. That's okay. what I'm saying. I'm just okay. I was just trying to find a reason why there's so many mirrors in your apartment. It, it gives the illusion of being bigger. Okay. So in this Valyrian peninsula, uh, there's a community of humble shepherds who stumble across dragons. Mm. They find them inside some volcanoes. This was a chain of volcanoes called the 14 Flames 
in the peninsula of Valyria. And these humble shepherds are the Valyrians. It's possible that dragons had been laying dormant since the long night. And either way, the peaceful shepherd people are able to tame the dragons and their awesome, devastating power. The Valyrians ride the dragons and begin conquering the surrounding territories of the Valyrian Peninsula. Okay. Wouldn't you, if you found dragons, ride one? Yeah, and no. turn around and start conquering? I, I would, I am, I am baffled, baffled at what it would take to break a dragon. Me too. And these are, the, I mean, they're described repeatedly as humble shepherd people, and yet they are uh, pretty quickly, I think. I mean, if, if they had to have tamed them pretty quickly, otherwise, I, I can't imagine how they would survive discovering them. Yeah. So they just like found them and then went, and then all of a sudden riding them and just spouting fire everywhere. What was the noise you just made? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think they, I think they used Caesar Milan. Caesar Milan's yeah. approach to dragon whispering. Wait, he doesn't give you any detail about like the breaking of a dragon. Um, no, no, there, there's no, See, I think the dude, only, the only, uh, well, you know what? This is still really b before recorded history. Six yeah, it's convenient is ago. what it is. What, what, what happens is that the Valyrians tame the dragons, right? And, mm. and then, and then what we, what we kind of learn slash assume is that the Valyrians have a special relationship with dragons, maybe because they're of the same geographic place. Oh yeah. Um, you know how, like when you're from Africa and you see a lion, the lion won't eat you because you're from the same place. I, I don't know. I, I don't make assumptions about places I'm not from. Maybe the Africans do have a special relationship with lions. More special than I do. Okay. Well, all right. Okay. So I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll, I'll, they, they like the dragons because they're from the same place and we're, they're like, hey, we've been looking at the same geographical area for forever. Ride me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Also, I you know I can't really remember at this point if they found them as eggs or if they just stumbled across like dragons hanging out. Well, dude, that's a pretty big point because a, a like if it's if it's in an egg, it's not dormant, right? It's not dormant anymore because they discovered and tamed the dragons and started riding them and conquering the surrounding areas. All right, so the Gascari Empire, old and powerful. You remember this from the. First episode, Giscari. Uh, it's one of the one of the most ancient uh, civilizations that supposedly stretches back to like the Dawn Age. Okay, I, they're, they're, I don't. I don't. I honestly do not. Okay, maybe you'll remember when I. Okay, okay. So um, they try to put the kibosh on Valyrian expansion. Remember, the Valyrians start out as these humble shepherd people, and the Giscari Empire um, has has had a, a stronger presence. Um, for longer, and so when these shepherd people start running around with dragons, they're like, oh, we'll put a stop to this. Mm -hmm. So they go to war, in fact, a series of five wars over the course of about 1,000 years. The Valyrians smoked the Giscari in the first war. Well, yeah, they had dragons. Yeah, and they also smoked them in the second war. Again, dragons. In the third war. Dragons. And in the fourth war. Dragons. And in the fifth war. Dragons? The Valyrians got sick of stomping out the Giscari. So, oh my god! So they do it so effectively that at one point they're like, "Guys, it's been a thousand years. I, this is getting kind of boring." Truly, yeah. Five wars over about a, a thousand years, and and no five and zero oh yeah. in favor of 
the Valyrians. It's a pretty good record in favor of dragons. Really, yeah. let's. There's going to be a. That's the theme here. Is that like dragons? Whatever team has dragons wins. Yeah. So the Valyrians get sick of going to war and winning all the time. They're like, winning feels good, but it's also annoying to defeat the same person over and it's over. It's like again. also I want a challenge. Give yes. me something better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the Valyrians conquer the capital of the city of Geese. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. I knew you would. Yeah, yeah. I do <laughs> I do remember the city of Geese. Yeah, it could be Gis. I mean, it's Giscari, uh, I think, is, is feels easier to say. But, I mean, if it's, it's just G-H-I-S. So it's either Gis or Geese. Or Geese. I'm going to say Geese. Geese. City of Geese. Canada. The Valyrians, I think I said that the first time. You did. It was a good joke. Mm-hmm. The Valyrians conquer the capital city of Geese and salt the lands. Salt? Salt. The condiment? Yeah. Table salt. Why? If you salt the earth, it's, it becomes uninhabitable. Like crops won't grow. But they just took it over. Yeah, but they keep coming back. This has been a thousand years. They're like, they, they don't want to put a stop. They don't want to just win the wars. They want to get rid of the people. This is a pretty severe move is what I'm saying. Thousand, thousand years of taming dragons and flexing your muscle... The Valyrians are like now almost genocidal, but really what they're doing almost well, because because they're not wiping out the people They're They're just going to make them starve to death. Yeah, they're destroying the land. Got it. Indirectly. Indirect genocide. Okay. well, I don't I don't know that you need to differentiate between direct and indirect genocide. It's genocide. Yeah, it's manslaughter on a cultural scale. Mm hmm. It's not, it's not an accident, though. <laughs> I mean, they did it on purpose. Yeah, for sure, because it's salt. Yeah, but, I mean, it's a sacrifice, too, because the Valyrians do use a lot of salt. <laughs> the Valyrians take over the bulk Notoriously of Essos. high blood pressure on the Valyrians. Exactly. So the Valyrians take over uh, pretty much all of Essos, but it's not really an empire. The Valyrians rule as a freehold, which supposedly anyone who owned land or something had a say in government. I think that's how it works. Oh, okay. It's a freehold. Okay. I'm not familiar with the term. I was going to say communism, but the more you described it, the, the less communist it seems. I Don't ask me about ancient politics. I didn't. I just made a statement. You know, quit, quit prying. I'm, I'm not, not an expert here. I'm not. It's I a just, freehold. I it's said it was empire. kind of like communism, difference. but not. There's a difference between a freehold and an empire. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Yeah. The empire is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and a freehold is basically just like a, a free for all. Mm, let's say it's a it's a it's a it's a loose leash on the rest of and the people they conquer. Okay. Okay, but they also had dragons, so yeah. it's it's not like it's if you say freehold and it's like okay, we have like a, a kind of soft grasp on everything. It's you know the buck stops at dragons. People people aren't going to like revolt or complain even being ruled at such a, you know, over great distances when they know that, like, the, their oppressors have dragons. So it's, what, what do you call that? When it's, when it's like uh, you, it's intimidation. A dictatorship. There's no dictator. But there's like a it's head dragon like a, guy. There's no head dragon guy. There's the Valyrians who all have dragons. Maybe that's how it's a freehold. Well, how do they coordinate it? Coordinate what? Well, like, so I got a dragon, you got a dragon. Yeah. And go I'm like, dude, thing. I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, make a run uh, and I'm going to go take care of this area here. Yeah. 
And then the next day you take care of the same area. That's not efficient. When, when I get there, I'll know that you, we were there first. It's not efficient. It's a freehold. If, if you go first and so you go first and you conquer some land with your dragon mm-hmm. and I go next, mm-hmm. I'm going to see it it's a little burned up and people are like, there's another Valyrian. And then they'll be like, we are totally on board for being conquered by you. I'll just move on to the next one. Okay, I just don't buy it. I just don't see. I don't. I. I don't see how the a natural uh, stratification of power wouldn't wouldn't happen. You'd think like like whatever. Pick pick a pick a, a feature like the biggest dragon, the most colorful dragon, the loudest dragon, like the sexiest dragon. Whatever. There, there are some disputes in, internally with the Valyrians. Got it. Amongst themselves, mm-hmm. but the Valyrian people or the people the families that own dragons, which mm-hmm. are called dragon lords. Okay, mm. they. Are weirdly what's happening is, is that they're expanding uh, to, to the surrounding territories and they're conquering non Valyrian areas. And the people who get conquered are okay with being uh, taken over because of these dragons. Got it. So, okay. between me and you, if we both have dragons, mm-hmm. I mean, you go and, and conquer a neighboring territory mm-hmm. and you come back and I'm like, hey, how'd it go? And I say, I'd, you know, I, everything's dead. You killed everything. Yeah. And then there's salt. I put salt. You ruin the land. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Did, so the people are gone. Uh. Well, they're 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 still there, but uh, I'm assuming they're going to be gone pretty okay. soon. Do they have dragons? Uh. No. No. I, I okay. made sure to bring all of them back with me. Then we're still the unquestioned rulers of our territories. I'm going to go one step farther north. Yeah, but what I want that I want that area. I want to do that area. My dragon's bigger than yours. Okay, you want to do it together? No, I want to do it. I want me Dude, to you're be being a total dick right now. You and your dragons are, are always so frigging selfish. Well, do you want to go together or not? No, I don't want to go. I okay, want to go by myself, go. and I want you to be okay with it. I'm okay with it then. Fine. I'm going east. Fine, go east. I don't care. Yeah, see, that's how it works. That's a freehold. Seems horribly inefficient. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all it took is a conversation where we understand <laughs> each other. Okay, so, yes, they they... The, the freehold is uh, ruling over stuff. Um, and they the, beyond dragons, they also start taking slaves, the Valyrians. Okay, well... Yeah. They enslave the people of Geese just to add insult to injury, and they send these slaves to work in the mines beneath the volcanoes of Valyria. Okay. But, like, how are they feeding these people if the earth is now just salt? They, they salted the earth of geese. The, the city of geese is, is out w- far away from the territory of, of Valyria. Oh, okay. All right. So they brought them back. They destroyed their homeland. Yeah, and then took them as slaves. Okay. It's not, it, okay. All right. So they, so they bring... I'm good. They capture the slaves, bring them back to the, vene- the, va- the venereal... The venereal <laughs> disease. To the Valyrian Peninsula, where, uh-huh. the, where those 14 flames are, the volcanoes. Yes. And they send these slaves down into the mines beneath the volcanoes to work. Were they not worried the slaves would find dragons? No. Well, that's maybe that's part of what they were looking for. Okay. Oh, I see. They're mining. And, okay. and again, the thing that we kind of start to uh, get the impression of is, is that the Valyrians have a special relationship. I think as humble shepherds, maybe they had a little bit of in- intuition about how to like shepherd. Yeah, and they turn those skills, which everyone laughed at, and and said was a dumb reason to go to school. <laughs> yeah, and they oh, were like, you "Well, want to make a sweater." Now, okay. now my shepherding degree is helping mm-hmm. me tame these dragons. Yeah, but not no. Everyone else got like business degrees. Yeah, which is 
as everyone knows, completely useless to when dealing with dragons. Yeah, if you're down in the mines of Valyria yeah. and you find a dragon, you're, you're you know, you're I not don't want to see. talk about your portfolio. Exactly. Yeah. So, working in volcanic mines was such a miserable existence uh, that many of the slaves started to view death as a gift. And as Valyria accumulated more slaves from a variety of conquered lands and sent them to the mines, no matter where the slaves came from, they all agreed that in their situation, death was a gift. Hmm. So, the, yeah, okay, so it was just, it was just terrible. There's just horrible, no OSHA. Does it sound no that way? Unions. Yeah, am I painting sound- a, Am I painting a bad picture here? It I was trying to sell this to you. It doesn't sound great. I don't. I. It sounds like the working conditions are also everybody. Everybody's different. Everybody's got different beliefs and There's different diversity. backgrounds. Yeah, but everybody's like honestly, death. We can agree that is the best thing to happen to us. If that, I mean, if that's all you want to focus on, then yeah, I guess it's not a great place to be. I don't think there's anything else to focus on. Diversity is great. You know, you you get to feel like your work has purpose. You're working in the mines. You get social. Your life. purpose is to die. I you keep bringing this up, and I just feel like you're taking it as way too much of a core aspect of mining life. Do you want to go or not? No, I don't want to go. <laughs> okay, I, I don't want to go. Ah, uh, such a hard sell. Many slaves began to worship death as a many-faced god that went by many names in different religions. Some of these slaves became servants to death and not so much priests as they were assassins whose religious words were that all men must die or in high Valyrian, Valar Margulis. I want to go now. I want to go now. You want to go? I want to go now. You know, you you, you chime in with all the like downsides and you're such a pessimist sometimes. Well, no, you had me at assassins. Great. Yeah. So you don't want to be an ironborn anymore? No. No, okay. I'll hang up the leather jacket and I'll pick up a, a blade of some kind and just start slicing. You jump and ship. Yeah, I'm in. Okay. I want to be an assassin. Great. You, then welcome aboard. Cool. Well, welcome off board of the ship. Welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. <laughs> so the Valyrians went unchallenged as the dominant civilization of Essos for thousands of years, mm-hmm. mostly because they had dragons. Yeah. And no one had a comeback for that. No. It also seemed like the Valyrians had a unique ability to command dragons. See, I even wrote that into my little timeline here. They have a unique ability to command dragons. It seems a bit deus ex machina, but whatever. There also wasn't anyone who could fight dragons with dragons because of this. They weren't too worried about anyone, you know, stealing a dragon and but, turning it around on them. Oh, because they couldn't control it. Exactly. So it's, the it's, like the loose dragon would never be as organized as the controlled dragon well the i mean the dragons the dragons aren't gonna organize themselves and nobody else seemed to be able to organize things as well as the valyrians did okay i got it so it's like it's like stealing a car and then getting into it and then you realize it's a stick shift and you're like i i got nothing you know what that's a that's that's great that's great mike (laughs) (laughs) truly okay Cool. Yeah, the, like the Valyr- the Valyrians have uh, a bunch of sports cars um, yeah. that are stick shift, <laughs> and people break in, um, and dr- yeah, exactly, get in and, and can't drive it, <laughs> and so they just get beheaded instead. Yeah, yeah, or eaten by the cars, or assassinated. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Valyrian rule uh, as a freehold seemed okay in some ways. They were very tolerant of anyone anywhere being able to practice slavery practice any religion mm-hmm. they want, uh, although some would say this encouraged 
people to um, be divided. And it avoided having the masses unite under any common cause or belief system. Well, what kind of a message does that send? That you can believe whatever you want. Yeah. You follow any religion. You can follow any religion just, as long as you are united thinking that death is the best thing to happen. Mm, that's in the Valyrian mines. Okay. All right. So it's All just right. the slaves that get that get sent down there. It, the freehold is over, the, again, the surrounding territories. Not everybody's a slave. Everybody in the surrounding territories of... It's just the Valyrian Peninsula, right? So, so you can, you so can imagine double-wide Florida <sighs> starting to take over the northern states just above Florida. Yeah, so so basically it was like, well, we'll conquer the neighboring lands. Some of the neighboring uh, people are going to be slaves and some won't. Yeah, some of them we're just going to leave alone. You but, just do a, a, a pass-through of the northern territories or the, the neighboring territories, and then you're like, we got dragons, and you don't. You're ours now. And people might fight back a little bit, but probably get squashed by dragons, or they'll be like, holy shit, those are dragons. We submit. And then, it, because it's a freehold, uh-huh. they're, they're not going to move in, and, and it's like a franchise, okay? <laughs> yeah. They can do what they want, yeah. <laughs> but but they but they just got to know who's boss at the end of the day. Who The corporate... <laughs> so we either grant you a franchise, or you're going into the mines. Correct. If mm. anybody resisted enough, or if the Valyrians just needed more people because... Yeah, sure. Yeah, then, death, they, then they re- replenished yeah. the people who were yeah dying. Yeah. Okay. Wow, it's a real crapshoot. Well, you you already bought into it. Uh, yeah, I'm already in the mines. I'm I'm in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm training right you now. You got buyer's remorse. I understand that, but you're in. Okay, damn it. Um, all right. So they also establish the free cities. There's a lot of word. There's a lot of throwing out the word free, but it seems very misleading. I agree. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it is misleading. At the end of the day, when you have dragons, uh, anything you call free is, you know, it's still an imposition of. Yeah. The power of dragons. Yeah. So, and and, and this is actually the, the, the wording I used here. The, the free cities weren't really free cities. Oh, cool. <laughs> at the time. Uh, but they were city-state colonies given pretty solid permission to self-govern, not answering to anyone except for the Valerian freehold. Got it. Most of the Valerians uh, are still in the peninsula of Valeria, or flying around on dragons, conquering new territories. And the free cities were on the honor system. <laughs> you don't want to be on the honor system? No. People are just going to lie. So you, you, you'd rather be down in the mines? Yeah, at least it seems, it seems everybody's pretty honest down there. If people are honest, but you're, I mean, you're, you're boiling alive underneath the surface of the earth. Yeah, but at least you don't have to worry about backstabbing and gossip and all that nonsense. It's straightforward. It's straightforward in the mines, James. Okay. Some Valyrians did move to the free cities and married the locals. All right. Maybe for love? Probably for fear. So that's about, that's a good 5,000 years in Essos. Okay. And around 1000 BC, we start to see some defectors and rebels of the Valyrian freehold. Yeah. Okay. Now we're talking. So now people are like, I'm going to take my dragon and do my own thing. Uh. A little bit. There's, that's that's one part of it, but we'll, we'll get there. Mm. So, and this is all leading up to the end of the Valyrian Age and the doom of Valyria. So, let's talk about the Roinar first. The Roinar were these people already living in the territories of the so-called free cities that the Valyrians were trying to colonize. And if you remember, the people of Roin were, yeah, the people of Roin 
Go on. The people of Roin uh-huh. were around during the long night. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If you remember the first episode, these these were the people, the ones that asked the goddess of the river, mm-hmm. the Roin River, to sing the dawn awake. Yes. You remember that? Yeah. So they've been in these territories a while. So when their land is getting recolonized, the Roinar aren't too happy about it. Yeah. There's like 250 years of different wars, mostly competing over resources, but also because the Valyrians are doing shitty things like hunting down turtles that the Roinar consider sacred. (laughs) These are sacred. I get it. I'd be pissed. You got a problem with the Roin? No, 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 no. I, I would be I would be pretty pissed too if I was just hanging out minding my own business like looking at some turtles and then you're not looking at these turtles you're worshiping them close your my eyes, eyes. <laughs> okay there right. so so I've you, never seen these you're, turtles you're a Roinar uh-huh. lad yeah and no you you in 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 this world you, you're Mike Magyar okay you close your eyes now all right and you are part of the Roinar people turtles you live in Roin mm-hmm. you see a turtle yeah. You pray to the turtle. Yeah. You're bowing down and praying to the turtle yeah. and, and worshiping it for its existence mm-hmm. and bringing you all the wonderful things of your life. And here comes a Valyrian who steps on it. Steps on it. Yeah. I'm pissed. You're pissed. I'm pissed. Right? Yeah. So now you can relate. You're empathetic. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's stuff like that that, that really gets the Roin going. <laughs> and so there's this dude, Garen, of the Roin who unites a bunch of people in the area against Valyrian forces. The Valyrian forces, by the way, consist of 100,000 soldiers, 100 elephants, and three dragons. And Garen of the Roin actually wins the battle, if you can believe it. Holy shit. Yeah. But he's just just the three dragons? Yeah, this is in the the area, um, this is a little north of the Valyrian... Peninsula, mm-hmm. and these are the forces that are kind of you know running around conquering things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got the free cities, which kind of make this uh, uh, loose commune. Uh, yeah, but it's it's almost it's almost like the it's like uh, the free cities are kind of like the perimeter of the west coast of Essos. Okay, so they they kind of like run their way um, from uh, just north of of Valyria, and then and then start like hooking up toward the north okay. territories. Yeah, yeah. So as as the Valyrians push deeper into those uh, northern or like midland uh, territories, there's the Roin uh, or the Roinar. And so the, these forces, the Valyrian forces of 100,000 soldiers, 100 elephants, three dragons, are just the forces that are kind of like mobile and out there. Yeah, um, they're the patrol. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the army. Yeah, you can think of it. Yeah, for sure. Man, they really like those turtles. Well, you, I mean, did you not feel it when you were in that I world? I felt it, yeah. Um, it's you, just you like, can open your eyes now, by the way. Okay. You, open or close, man. <laughs> just make up your mind. So so Garen, right? He he, he uh, rebels against the Valyrians, this, this, these massive forces, and he wins. And people get excited about it. Um, and they and Garen has some followers. Well, yeah. Yeah, he, he unites uh, some regions. And he marches down to Volantis. And this is one of the uh, city states, um, and he he's he he shows up to attack the city. Mm-hmm. But there they were met by three hundred dragons, and they lost hard. Okay, well, oh, man, that that is just 
poor planning on the Valerian side. On the Valerian side? Yeah. No, 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 no. The Valerian won. No, no, I know, but they didn't. They they lost the a uh, hundred thousand soldiers, a hundred dragons, or a hundred elephants and three dragons. If you got if you got three hundred dragons on reserve, why not buff up your forces? They probably weren't expecting it to lose. It's no, war. They, I mean, they, they've they've had it's they, well. Fair enough. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, truly, no one... At this point, the Valyrians are probably pretty cocky because they've They're won just like, okay, we'll just every send single... three dragons. It's a drain on resources to mobilize more. They get hungry. Like, just send three. And then yeah. they were like, oh, shit. That wasn't enough. Yeah. Okay. But they, they got... they got they, Yeah, they got 300 on backup. So when, mm. they, when uh, Garen and his crew show up, they, they get de- demolished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what happens is the Valyrians put Garen in a cage mm. and they take him along as they go off to destroy every Roinar city mm-hmm. without mercy. Yeah. Out of one of the Roin cities, Princess Nymeria mm-hmm. gathered everyone up and made an escape from Essos over to Dorne in the southernmost region of Westeros. Yeah. The Roin were the last to challenge the Valyrian freehold before its demise, and they made a pretty solid stand, but dragons. Yeah. Mike, do you see how there are these little subplots to the greater story? I, I think that goes a long way to I don't think it's a- make things feel real and that next level of epic world building. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that for any reason. I'm just saying that that what what I really it like about this is that we're talking like about wars. We, I didn't even that get, feel like they could have actually been part I of history. I didn't even get to the part of my story. There's not. There's three people so far. What are, what are they gonna What are they gonna do? No, you're right. There are only three. There's people only three that people introduced in the same amount of time that it took George R. R. Martin to introduce ancient civilizations. Yeah, but dude, how original dragons? Three continents. I mean, come on. So it's like, oh well, yeah, okay. So I got uh, I got an army, uh, and uh, they got lasers. Great, cool, good job, everybody. Let's fight the dudes with the lasers. That's exciting. I, th- I think if you bring, maybe that's something you could do for your next episode. Is bring lasers. Into I can't the bring next. lasers into it. Lasers have been done. You can do anything you want. This I is want what something I'm, this new. Is what, this is what I'm trying to inspire with it. You can do anything you want. It's and I did. I, it was a record player. George R. R. Martin is doing whatever he wants. He wants dragons. He's using them. Ugh. Ugh. Lasers are on the table. No, it's my story. There's no lasers anywhere. Mike, we've already talked about how bad the slave situation was. Yeah. As the Valyrians continued to expand, they were also collecting more and more slaves to send to the volcanic mines. At some point, there were a bunch of slaves... What are they mining, by the way? What's that? What are they mining? Didn't we talk about this? Did we? Yeah. I don't think so. Probably, think, probably he, dragons. They're probably they're looking for mining. dragon eggs. Okay. Maybe, ma- maybe other ki- kinds of magic. Maybe okay. dragon glass. All right. You don't, okay. What do you want? I don't gold. If this were your story, what, what would you introduce? I would I would gold or salt. Okay. Well, if you introduce mines into your world, you can have them mining would for gold. Would you stop and salt? trying to push your narrative onto my story? Okay, you These I, are just options. It's These, just, the, the, I, I what I notice is, is a lot of this, the things that make this narrative very interesting. It's things that we've heard before. I mean, they, they, he, he's got mines under, under 14 volcanoes. Where have you heard that before? So at some point, there's a bunch of slaves who escape 
and they flee to the northwest area of Essos where mm. they found the truly free city of Bravos. It was a free city, but it was also a secret city uh, until the eventual fall of Valyrium. As a side note here, even though Westerosi timeline has the Andals coming over in 6000 BC, it's possible that the Andals weren't inspired to go to Westeros by visions of new gods and that they were actually edged out by the Valyrians or just trying to avoid being taken slaves. Maybe it's possible that instead of 6000 BC, the uh, in 6000 BC rather, the Andals might have come over closer to 1000 BC. Okay. Well, I don't think possible is the word you're looking for. I think what you're looking for is probable, right? You th- yeah. You think it's more likely that the Andals were edged out by Valyrians? Yeah. I think, I think, uh, it's way more, way more probable that they saw a bunch of dragons and were like, Hey, let's find another place to live yeah. rather than like a <laughs> seven sided die coming in and being like, Hey, this is all seven sides of me go on this journey got it dragons are more probable than visions of god yeah because <laughs> I, dragons- I, I think you're right though i, I, I think that, i think it's it's very likely that the andals would maybe have been around the the valyrian peninsula saw the dragons flying around the shepherds taming well, what's them a better and then being story? like oh crap i see where this yeah. is going let's let's migrate i'm just saying you're you're going to westeros and all of a sudden it's like people are like hey what are you doing here why why are you, why are you here it's like oh we were scared by a bunch of dragons so we fled here or a god told us to come here and smite you all right well, so they're conqueror they make themselves into conquerors instead of refugees right yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's i think that's fair so so good yeah, so really what happens is that Hugor doesn't see visions of God. He sees, he sees literal dragons. sights of dragons yeah. and, and then turns around and goes, oh, boy. Yeah, we got to get out of here. But first, guys, let's nail down a story that we say that doesn't yeah. make us look like a bunch of like scared little children when we get to the other side. Yeah, quick, Jeff, carve a seven-pointed star on your forehead. Yeah, and then Jeff was like, oh, God, dragons, and he just did it. Uh, okay, so uh, Jeff. Despite being the unquestioned top dogs of Essos, uh, there was plenty of conflict at the homestead of Valyria amongst the Valyrian houses who would fight over who is the greatest, most powerful family. I told you there would be stratification. You can't just have everybody get along in a group. It's a freehold. It's not. It is not a freehold. We have respect for each other. Oh, my God, man. It is. no. There's no respect. There is backtalk and, and gossip and usurping. There's about 40 families in the Valyrian communities, uh, the 40 houses in the, in the Valyrian peninsula. Are you following me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 40. 40 families uh-huh. that live in the Valyrian peninsula mm-hmm. um, that own dragons. Yeah. And they're called dragon lords. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so there is. There's bickering, squabbling about who's the, the best and the, and the baddest. And one of the families a family that was far from being a contender for greatest Valyrian house was House Targaryen. Oh. One day, the Targaryens decided to pack their bags and leave Valyria, and they headed to Dragonstone Island. Why? Dragonstone Island is a volcanic island on the narrow sea, the dividing sea between Westeros and Essos. Mm -hmm. So the island wasn't really used for much except for trading between... Western Essos, and Eastern Westeros. Okay. Why did they leave? The Targaryens were the first and only Dragonlord family to set up shop on Dragonstone Island, and the rest of the Valyrians mocked them for leaving Valyria and called them cowards. 
what, wh- how, why, why, how would, how would, what are they afraid of? They're not afraid of anything. What is your, what do you, wh- why would they be cowards for leaving? Well, that's what the Valyrians in the peninsula thought that, you know, the, the house Targaryen was kind of on low on the totem pole of families. They had dragons, but they weren't like the most rich and powerful or coolest. And so they, they took off. And the rest of the, of the Valyrian Peninsula was like, oh, you fucking cowards. Run. Go what are they on your little from? island. But the reason the Targaryens left mm. is supposedly because young Danny's Targaryen had a nightmare <clears throat> that Valyria would be engulfed in flames and told her father about it. And her dad thought for sure the nightmare was a premonition. And so they left Valyria just in case. Okay, so they are cowards. I get it. it. I get it. Do you have children? I don't, but I don't think that I would move out of my house if one of my kids had a nightmare. Close your eyes. Okay. Your name is Annie Stargarian. Got it. Annie. <laughs> okay. And you have a daughter mm-hmm. who, in the middle of the night, wakes you up, and she's scared and crying. Mm-hmm. And she said, she's like, Daddy, Daddy, I had, I had this dream, mm-hmm. and it was so vivid, mm-hmm. and it was of... Valyria, the mm-hmm. entire peninsula going up in flames and everyone around us was dying mm-hmm. and, and being burned alive and everything was destroyed. And I just, I, I'm so scared uh, because it felt so real and so near. And I don't know if I can sleep at night knowing that we're in this place. Are you crying? No, I'm not <laughs> crying. Uh, I just, I, I, uh, I would be, I, I wouldn't move. I would be like, hey, listen, uh, dreams happen. You're on the verge of tears right now. Well, you just painted a very beautiful picture with your words. Okay, so, so I mean, they don't have a lot of stake in staying and in, in besides the their entire and lives and home and everything. Yeah, but there's so much bickering and squabbling amongst the other houses, and they're not really in the fight either. So it's not, it's not like they the stuff that they do own. Mm. Yes, they're leaving behind, but they're starting new in a place where they can be big fish in small water or big dragons in a dragonless island of Dragonstone. So they use the kid as an excuse. Maybe. Okay. All right. I'm not what, going with them, by the way. You sure this is your last chance to no, back? No, this one You're I'm gonna not going to back gonna out? Go. I'm going to stay in the mines. You're going to sure. stay in the mines? Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't you know it, 12 years later, Valyria was engulfed in flames and destroyed forever after the in the doom the of Valyria. The kid set the fire. It's called fire. foreshadowing, Mike. No, he, the, the kid was like, oh, man, people the, are going to think that I'm a kid, fraud. The kid is a girl. That's a daughter. Okay. I'm very sexist. <laughs> I Okay. So she was like, hey, uh, I'm about to be found out as a fraud, so I got to make this happen. So she snuck back over there and set fire to the This city. is 12 years later. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming it took a long time to go back there and like gather matches and gasoline or whatever. Yeah. You can open your eyes, by the way. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> it, it, that's not going to get old, by the way. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's fine because I feel like I'm genuinely trying to connect uh, and, and live, you know, live a life. A day in the life. Uh, and it's just not, I wouldn't make any of these decisions. I can see you taking yourself there and I appreciate it. And it's very easy made by uh, George R.R. R. Martin's highly realistic mm. fantasy world. It, it, it's very tough to put those two words next to each other, but he really does a great job of it because he draws it on real life sympathies that we can all relate to. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know. I, in 100 I BC, mm. we have an event known as the doom of Valyria. 
Basically, the Valyrian Peninsula erupts in an apocalyptic explosion that wipes out the entire race of Valyrian people. All the, volca the volcanoes of the 14 flames erupt simultaneously. The earth cracks open here and there to swallow up buildings and even entire cities whole. Mm. The waters turn to acid and the atmosphere becomes a poisonous fog and every single Valyrian and their dragons are killed to death. Okay, killed to death. That sounds like Vesuvius to me. Except for the Targaryens, who are flipping the middle finger with a big old told you so. They did this. They did this to excuse their fleeing. Yeah, well, you know, I think you would have felt differently if you decided to go with them. But you stayed in the mines and got blown up with the rest of the Valyrian Peninsula. Yeah, but that was my goal, right? Death. I got what I wanted. Historians speculate... <laughs> that any other Valyrians outside the peninsula during the Doom, the ones who might have married into the newer city-state colonies, mm -hmm. were probably killed by the locals who would have been stoked that the Valyrian reign was suddenly violently disrupted. So, okay, so I'm a Valyrian. I... Well, you're a slave. No, you, no, no. You, you I'm, decided. I'm to, I'm dead. You decided the, to go into the, the mines. The, the, yes. Okay. You want a, you want a new I, life. You I want, want a free guy. I want a, I want I'll, a different life. I I'll give be you a free guy. Okay. Uh, I'll be. Uh, so so I died once, and mm -hmm. now I'm a Valerian, and I find a village or city nearby, and I'm like, oh hey, uh, you seem pretty cool. Let's hang out for a while, and I marry someone, uh, and then I'm part of their family. I'm hanging out at dinners. I'm just doing all this stuff, right? And then yeah. all of a sudden. Uh, news comes that this whole place blew up. Yeah, right. Your, your hometown, my hometown, blew up. Yeah. So now this family that I'm now a part of is like, oh shit. Well, his house, his hometown's blown up. Let's kill him. What? The no. The the family is looking at you, going, this guy, who, I mean, did you marry for love? Did you? Did I'd you like come in and you said so. you're pretty cool? Let's get married. Yeah, I I think you know. Let's it's, date for a while, get to know each other, and if it fits, we should get married. And then we got married, and then the family was like, finally, an excuse to kill him. It sounds like passive romance to me, and probably what they were thinking is like, this guy has dragons, and I, you know, if if we don't agree to marry, then they're gonna come get us with the dragon and kill us. I don't think that that you. So that's the kind of person you think I am. You think I would use my dragons to force marry someone? You're a Valyrian. Yeah, but I'm the nice one. Okay, so when when they hear that the Valyrian Peninsula is destroyed with all the Valyrians and all the dragons, mm. the, the the threat that backs up your presence, then yeah, they're like, let's get rid of them. And then they're they probably, you know, knock you out and and gag you and tie you up and throw you in the basement. And then they have a conversation upstairs where they're like, What do we do with them? Well, well, we can't let them live. He knows too much. And then and what then do they're I know? like, I don't know anything. All I know yeah. is I have a happy life. And they're like, Michelle, do you love him? And, and then she's like, well, I thought I did, but I kind of convinced myself because, you know, back when, when he asked me to get to know me a little bit and, and said that I was cool, that had a lot more romantic sway back when there were dragons in the world. And now I, I don't oh, think so I she, do you're, love him. You're, you're, so you're saying that she only married me for my dragon? I think so. No, oh, I think they killed you. All right. Well, this is just and they sad. I, think they, I don't want this life anymore. Well, you don't have it because they killed you. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. <laughs> so, so far, I'm not, I, I'll be honest. You got, you got to put in... I made some wrong turns. There were some wrong choices. Yeah. If you got a dollar, I'll give you a continue. <laughs> All right. Put in... I got to... I got to... Here's the I dollar. Want, I want the dollar. Take the dollar, and then let's birth me into a life that doesn't end up with death. Thank you. So, the doom really shakes things up. Yeah. The Valyrians have been ruling for thousands of years, and now they're gone. The dragons are gone. And, of course, this means chaos. 
It's an absolute scramble amongst the rest of the cities to take the top spot as new ruler of the lands. So, okay, so it's about 100 BC, and this is called the Century of Blood. Mm. Here's how things shake down at the end of 100 years. The city-states established by Valyria become the free cities, which make up the western region of Essos. Uh, Giscari descendants crop back up as leaders of the slave trade economy. The city of Bravos goes public now that they no longer need to worry about hiding from Valyria. But so, how, how do you hide an entire city? It's just super far north, and it's kind of it's on it's actually kind of on its own little uh, peninsula up there too. So like just okay, all right. So just it's just, a tiny it's, peninsula. It's hard to get to, so people are like, "Well, there's nothing there." Yeah, they're pretty far removed. Okay, hmm. and I don't know. Maybe they covered their city in mirrors to make it look bigger. Yeah, like in a dome of mirrors. Got it. So that it reflects the sky, and it just looks to make it look bigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's nine free cities in all, including Bravos. There's no unifying king or dominant city, and they all pretty much do their own thing. All of the free cities have slavery in their society, except for, of course, Bravos, because their city was founded by ex-slaves. Again, you throw around the word free, none of this stuff. None of these they're, places They're free are- cities because they're not ruled by a king or a freehold anymore. They're independent cities. Okay. All would right. it be would it make you more comfortable if I said these are independent cities? Yeah, because I feel like my brain is having a hard time processing the word free and followed by slave. Okay. So the indie cities have slaves. Got it. Except for Bravos. Right. To the east of the indie cities is a wide region of grasslands and plains known as the Dothraki Sea. And the Dothraki are a race of warrior nomads that ride around their territories on horseback in large hordes. Mm. Without the Valerians to keep them in check, they're kind of troublemakers like land pirates who fight and raid villages just to pass the time. Can I join them? You want to be a Dothraki? You don't yeah. want to, you, there's nothing you want to wait for to see if anything sweeter comes up? No, I don't wait. I'll wait. Maybe I have your dollar. And you, if you, I'll wait. If you no, press, I'll wait. I don't want to cash. I don't want to start button. You're going to start. I don't want to start the button. I don't want to push the button right now. Okay. I'm going to see. Land pirates sounds kind of lame. Yeah, when you're riding around on horseback. Yeah, I don't. Most of the time. Okay. You don't get a proper... In a grassland. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so some people tried to travel to the Valyrian ruins, now known as the Smoking Sea, to reclaim the peninsula or plunder the riches that existed before the doom. One guy, for instance, pronounced himself Emperor of Valyria and rode off on a dragon followed by 30,000 idiots who were never seen again. What do you mean? What do you what do you mean? They- so there's there's this dude in Volantis, right? Yeah. And so, you know, th- there's this big explosion in Valyria. Everyone's dead. Yeah. Uh, but it was a really rich, wealthy city. Yeah. Uh, magical, even. Yeah. Um, and so people are like, it, it, the dust kind of settles over there, and you're like, um, you know, there were palaces and the wealthiest, richest houses uh, in, in all the land. Mm-hmm. So one, the real estate is up for grabs, and two, there's a plundering to be doing. So you can kind of go scoop up all the jewels and, I don't know, what, whatever kind of currency they have over there. Okay, shekels. Yeah, that's the idea. But this guy this guy in Volantis is, is like, that's what I'm doing. He's the first to do it. He's like, follow me. And, and, and 30,000 people were 30, like, 30,000 people good. are like, yeah. Let's you know, go towards yeah. the fire. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. That, that, that big hole in the ground where that explosion happened. Let's go back there. Yep. We're going to conquer that. 30,000 people and never seen again. And there were a few others who try something similar, but the curse of the doom seems to swallow all of them up, like the Bermuda Triangle. They probably just like activated their asthma or something because of all the dust in the air. And then they just disappear. Well, they just cough. You, th- you think in the world, you think George R.R. Martin has a world where people can just get asthma, cough, die, disappear? Yeah, I think that's more plausible than a curse. Anyone who goes there disappears. Sounds like a curse to me. Mm. Okay, so, Mike, what? Can wrap your head around this? All right. We this is such a rich and detailed history. Would you agree? You don't have to answer that. Okay. And it you know it it's it's such a game changing bold move to build up this Valyrian enterprise. Yeah. And and then have them wiped out in this cataclysmic event. They just built their city in a crappy place. It built it. They built it by a volcano. I mean, it's been six thousand years, and the volcanoes have been at bay. Yeah, but the volcanoes don't erupt that often. As far as we know, they haven't really erupted before. They what they did find is dragons there, and they went digging deeper for more. And it's and it's also suggested that the no, Valyrian a... people mm. were magical people who commanded some control over the volcanoes. And, and that maybe, not. maybe they united their wills and their forces and killed themselves to keep the volcanoes at bay. And then when they started squabbling, they might have lost control over those spells that were keeping the volcanoes from erupting. And things got a little shaky. And boom. I, 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 don't, I don't buy that. What, the most important thing here is that, is that the, the forces of nature in, the, in George R.R. R. Martin's world are dangerous. The stakes feel real, okay? What do you mean this, in when his this happens, world? The when forces some, of nature are dangerous in our world. That's true. And he matches that feeling that anything can happen, that an entire civilization, the most powerful one, can get wiped out in an instant, and, the, and that the whole world is going to have to keep turning anyway. I, How I think epic is that? that you're, okay, you're giving this guy way too much credit. And I'll tell you what, our mm. worlds haven't even converged yet, Essos and Westeros. They haven't even met, except for, except for the, the people first crossed men over, yeah. and the Andals. And the Andals. So they met twice. They met a couple times. Okay. Speaking of Westeros, okay, over the past thousand years, while Valyria has been a single, they've had a single dominating force um, in Essos. You got Westeros, which has been fractured into countless petty kingdoms mm-hmm. and uh, constantly changing territories. Slowly but surely, the regions begin to solidify, and over time, there are seven distinct territories or kingdoms. And these are going to sound somewhat familiar, but they're, they're be, they're, they still predate the ones that we know of in the current Game of Thrones What's world. What's this guy's obsession with the number seven? What is our obsession with uh, number three or, the num- or ten? Or we have seven in our fairy tales as real people. Seven dwarves. There's, you know, some of what's what are the numbers for the Lord of the Rings things? There's like three, seven, and nine, right? Yeah, the twenty odd numbers. They they have mystical powers, and that is the same in this world. Okay. Here are the seven kingdoms. Mm. There's the north. Uh, obviously, the northern region. Uh, it is still almost half of the entire landmass of Westeros. People here 
still have great pride in their direct lines of descent from the first men. Okay. You have Kingdom of the Mountain and the Vale. These are uh, the mountainous regions in the east. Mm -hmm. Kingdom of the Isles and the Rivers, Mm -hmm. which is a tenuous kingdom consisting of both the riverlands in the mid Westeros area and the Iron Islands off the western shore. Mm-hmm. You have Kingdom of the Rock, aka the Westerlands, and this is like the western region just south of the Iron Islands. Okay. You have Kingdom of the Stormlands, a region made of a good chunk of the eastern shore and wedging its way about halfway inland. You got the Kingdom of the Reach, a big ass region stretching across the southwest shore and then reaching. <laughs> you see what I did there? Reaching deep into the Midlands of Westeros. The Reach. Yeah. Big ass region. Mm, big ass reaching region of the Reach. Principality of Dorne, the southernmost region, kind of in the shape of a foot with the toes pointing east toward Essos. Uh, oh, vi- Italy. That's a boot. This is just a foot. This is like a bare foot. Okay, whatever, dude. I'm just saying the guy looked at a map. Very dry and sandy. Dorne. They have no king, but it's still considered one of the seven original regions of the quote-unquote seven kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And it, there's a mixture of first men, the Andals, and uh, Roinar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Roinar being kind of refugees from the whole Valyrian turtle slaughter, slaughter yeah, inc- yeah. incident. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, obviously the Andals and the first men both invaded and kind of sprinkled themselves throughout, but never really fully conquered because Dorne is such a tough place to live. Okay, so in summary, the regions have somewhat solidified, but there's still a lot of contention in most areas and little rebellions and whatnot. The North still has deep roots in the Age of the First Men, giving them a deep sense of duty and honor related to their heritage. The Dornish in the South are kind of the same deal, taking a a great amount of pride in their independence and the durability and resilience it takes to thrive in an environment like Dorne. Oh my God, that is a PR spin if I've ever heard it. Well, wouldn't you? If you're, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I would. It's like, oh, shit! It's just shit and sand, and it sucks, and it's hot, and it's dry, and there's nothing here. So, what do we do? Everybody's gonna think we're stupid for living here. Just be like, oh no, we're not stupid. We're tough. We're tough, and we sit. We live in a crappy place because we need to show people how tough we are. Why? Where is this animosity coming? Close your eyes. Okay. <laughs> You live in... It's hot. <laughs> you live in Dorne. It's hot. <laughs> okay, look. Lastly, we have the Iron Islanders, a.k.a. the Ironborn, who continue to be unruly, uncooperative, with a permanent chip on their shoulder, having to do with their worship of the drowned god, but and believing you- their destiny is to raid and pillage and plunder and run amok. I thought you said that the Iron Islands were already part of a previous region. They... They do, but they're still the th- the the thing that kind of sets them apart is that they're unruly. I said that they're part of the Isles and the Rivers, and uh, that that's a tenuous kingdom. And part oh, okay. of part of the, the reason is because the Iron Islands. Anytime the the king of that area, the Riverlands and the and the Isles, gets too far inland, the Ironborn start rebelling and taking over and running amok, and they just can't be pinned down. That's that's their problem. Well, they're on boats. Right. It's hard to keep track is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you can open your eyes. Okay. In the narrow sea between Westeros and Essos is Dragonstone Island, home of House Targaryen. 
And of the little girl with nightmares. That's correct. Mm. Danny's the dreamer. <laughs> She's a little girl, Mike. She has dreams, okay? And and she she saved her whole family from the doom. She set fire she to, to those scoffed at. Volcanoes. You could have gone with them. I think I think that you're just sour grapes because you had the opportunity to leave with the Targaryens and you chose not to. Yeah. Do you want to use your continue? I don't I don't want to I don't know. No, Do you want to use your continue no. to join the Targaryens? No, I don't want to be part of a family. Knowing where this history goes. I don't want to be part <laughs> of a family be... that just that just sits there and takes a little girl's uh, dreams as as gospel. And, and like, what if I get comfortable and all of a sudden the, the little girl's like, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. We got to go. And then all I, I got to pack up all my shit and move. Come on. I hear you. Mike Magier does not believe in the dreams of children. Right. I would, I, I'm not going to argue with that. So, adults, we Dragonstone need, Island. We need adults <laughs> to rule this place, not childrens with dreams. I, well, I didn't say I, I don't believe in in. I don't think that children should be in charge. Well, I, I, I believe in their dreams. She's one hundred percent in charge. I think it was just a good father believing in his child. Okay, well, discipline could go a long way. House Targaryen hmm. on Dragonstone Island, the last of the Valyrians and owners of the last three dragons in existence. Hmm. And the dust has settled in Essos for post-Valyrian society, and the island of Dragonstone is actually quite a bit closer to Westeros. Westeros has never had a taste of dragons, and it was time for Aegon Targaryen mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 to yeah, become yeah. Aegon the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. You know what sucks about this? They left. Because nobody respected them. And they had small, wimpy dragons. And like the first taste that Westeros gets of dragons is like the runt. The runt of the dragon litter. That's not cool. I mean, they're it, it, fine. They're still dragons. So like it's still more impressive than anything they've seen so far. These, but it's these like. Are, they're, they're, the, they're the last three dragons mm-hmm. in existence. But they are full-blown badass dragons. But they're small. They're small. They're not small. They're small. They're, one no, of them, the, one, no. the reason they're small, that's why... The, that's mature-ass the, dragons. No, they're small. They're rideable dragons. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll see We'll see just Ponies how. are rideable horses. So <laughs> for some I saw a horse was a pony, I wouldn't be like, oh, wow, look at that majestic beast. <laughs> look, man, these, these, are, these are legit dragons. Do you want to be a Targaryen or I not? I don't want to be a Targaryen. Did you not tell me that the reason they left because, was because... A, the girl's nightmare, and B, because they weren't respected. Their family wasn't respected. Yeah, because they had small dragons. But now they're the only Valyrians left. Okay. They, it's not because they had small dragons. They weren't respected because everybody had, left 40, at their dragons. There were 40 houses that had dragons. Bigger, meatier, buffered dragons. <laughs> Better colors. I, I, I don't... <laughs> where, are you, where are you pulling that from? <laughs> I didn't... I didn't mention I didn't mention the disputes between Targa- or, uh, Valyrians being about the size of their dragons. It's just it's just a power struggle for the ego of the houses. So you think you think that that the disrespect towards the family just had nothing to do with the size of their dragons? I don't buy it. You know what? If it came down to civil war between the Valyrians on the Valyrian Peninsula, maybe. But by the time before it got to that point, the place blew up. Okay. Targaryens left with three dragons. Maybe they had fewer dragons than other houses. I mean, you got Volantis with fucking 300, 300 dragons. Yeah. They got three. I, I think actually when they left, they had four or five. But at this well, so point... You can't even this, take care of so, the small dragons on their own? Uh, well, what it is, is you, you got the source of dragons that just 
blew up. The mines. They took them with them. And two of these dragons are... Um, one of them is an elder dragon that's been around for a while. Okay, so you, Two of them are, are newer dragons that have been hatched from eggs uh, shortly after moving to Dragonstone. Okay. So they got a couple of small dragons and an old dragon. And now I'm supposed to be impressed? They got an elder dragon and two dragons in their the the prime of their youth. Warrior dragons. You know what? I don't want to be with the Targaryens. I'm not going to I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. I, I think you're making I'm going go to go to Dorne. I'm going to make a big mistake. Here. I'm going to go no, to Dorne. No, no turning back. No, I'm going to go to Dorne. I want to I want to hit the start button and cash in my dollar and I, I want to go to Dorne because at least being Dornish, people will think that I'm tough. You're Dorne. Nah, okay, fine. fine. You're Dornish. And I'm tough. It's hot and sweaty, but I'm tough. Okay. You fine. That that is your continue. You're yeah. you're you're signing on to the door and making sandcastles. Let me remind you of this before we wrap up here. No, none of this stuff that we've gone over so far has anything to do directly with the main events of the Song of Ice and Fire or the Game of Thrones series. Yeah, it's okay? just it's like all a lot. it's all stuff that's indirectly shaping the events we're more familiar with. There isn't even a, a single character that's been born yet, Mike, that we are that we know in the current series. None, none of the known characters in the current series have have yet to be born. You're just stringing me along in this time at this point. Yeah, we have illustrious backdrop that informs old grudges and sacred values held by those characters that we do know. I mean, I'm sure yours is going to do that. Mm. Better. I just wanted to point out that I think George R. R. Martin is doing a great job of it. I'm just I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a brevity focused man. Okay. Are you to get to the point? Okay. To get there. Yeah. I okay. I, I cannot wait for you to get to the point. I mean in our next episode <laughs> when we explore the next chapter installment of the saga. Of, what would you like to call your saga? Um <laughs> Oh, you don't have a name for it yet. No, I do have a name for okay. it. It's called Are you ready? Yep. Look at this phonograph. Oh my god. <laughs> Mike R R Magyar. Uh, any closing thoughts on on where this leaves us with our we, the 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 cliffhanger is we've we're closing we're closing in on mm-hmm. the BC to AC transition okay so our next episode is going to be the conquest and Aegon what does Targaryen BC stand for again before conquest oh yeah 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 okay oh so okay Aegon the conqueror Damn. is going to lead that conquest in our next episode that explores these histories and we're going to see how a conqueror takes care of business with I, three adult this better warrior be good. dragons this better be good because for one man to define to become the border between eras this better be good is all i'm saying and on that we're, we'll leave you <laughs> to anticipate the greatness of george rr R. martin and remain skeptical about the greatness of mike rr R. magyar Mm. Farewell. Bye. (laughs)